This is the Career Realities Podcast with me, Ethan Crane. A series of interviews that tries to uncover the realities of 9-5 to careers in various professions, however good or interesting they look from the outside. And to find out from my interviewees how they came to discover and do the work that they truly value. These Career Reality interviews are a compliment to my book, The Tyranny of Careers and the Joy of Work. More essays and information on the book can be found at www.ethancrane.com. That's C-R-A-N-E. Thank you for listening. So this week on the Career Realities podcast, I'm joined by Dave House, who is a musician and also a graphic designer. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Hi, thanks very much. So as happens with all the people that I interview on here, first of all, um, I just want to ask you, when people ask you that question, what do you do? How do you answer that? Um, I usually hesitate and then say that I'm a graphic designer and a musician. Okay. Does that satisfy them? Do they, do they kind of want to know more about that, about how that divides out in your life? Uh, generally, I think, I think the musician part seems to interest people more than the graphic design part. But as I said, before I added the musician bit to the end of the answer, back in the day, um, people seem quite excited by the I'm a musician as well as a recent addition. Right, okay. So <laughs> so before, because you did the course in Edinburgh, didn't you, in uh, digital composition and performance. That was, what, yeah. uh, three or four years ago now? Um, about that, yeah. So before that, when you were, you were just working as a graphic designer then, is that right? Yeah. It, yeah. If people had asked you then, what do you do? How would you have answered the question then? Yeah, I just said straightforward graphic designer and web designer, basically. Because, I mean, what, what this kind of, podcast and the book is about in a way is how we think about the work we do and how it sort of defines our life because um, obviously that that question that question what do you do is sort of a hated question by a lot of people because you only feel you can really answer it by saying what you do for paid work and obviously we, we feel like we want to answer it with different things and we want to say what we're interested in but somehow you don't feel qualified to do so but now now you've done this course you kind of feel more qualified to do so do you yeah, I think I think so, and it's sad in a way that I had this qualification make me feel like I could say that because music has always been my passion, and I've always. But you know, it, it took me sort of you know a career break, as it were, from the graphic design and doing this masters in music to make me able to tell people I'm a musician when they ask me what I do. Totally right. It's you are you know biased towards what you do. For earn money in answer to that question. Well, maybe, hopefully, I mean, hopefully what we're hoping with these kind of interviews, whatever, is that people will start to change their change their mind about that, but um, that yeah. remains to be seen anyway. But if we could go back um, now to, you've, you've worked pretty much as a graphic designer for all of your, all of your adult working life. Yeah. Is, that, is that right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I know we've talked in the past about... Uh, you said that you were saying about how the what you expected to do in your design work when you were paid after college and how it actually turned out was was quite different. Can you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I think well, um, the course I did, my undergrad course in graphic graphic communication, was it? It was a really fantastic course, and I got so much out of it. Um, very creatively open and great cheap and great deep and everything. Um, but I think the thing since when I then went into the world of work sort of thing was that I've been 
I had this idea in my head that I was going to be this kind of like, you know, cultural mover and speaker, as it were, and designing all this amazing stuff, like record sleeves and, you know, really cool stuff that you can go into it for when you're a teenager and think, what I want to do. And the reality of it is that it's much more routine and humdrum than that. Early on, you know, you can you plug away at it for a long time or, and or get some lucky breaks or whatever, you know, you can, you can get some that point. but I found quite quickly I was sort of thinking oh my god this is not quite what I signed up for so you you were what sort of things would you think you were so like you say you're expecting sort of like designing record sleeves and whatever and, and what what did you end up designing well the first job I had was um at a marketing company uh like web marketing company and they were one of the first, uh businesses of that in the UK as I'm aware, and it's a great little team, and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really have asked for a nicer job, to be honest. And my boss was awesome, and the people I worked with were awesome. Um, but it was, uh, I suppose, it was quite corporate work, um, and as such, you know, it required a particular style, most of which was already, most of which was in branding lines and that sort of thing. I didn't really feel like I was. Um, my creative muscles as much as I'd expected to, I suppose. And, that, and that's not a reflection on the business or the folks I work with by any means, um, but that's kind of how it felt. And in, in later jobs, were there any kind, was there any kind of work you did for your design work where it sort of got better and got more like what you were expecting from the job? Well, it, it um, was the only full-time permanent job I had. And I, I did that for like nearly three years. Then I went traveling for a bit and went freelance when I got back. Um, and in my freelance career, one of the things I did was um, contracting through uh, an agency in London. So when I started getting a sort of sniff of this, you know, really dynamic, um, busy, creative studio kind of thing. But even, like, I worked at quite a few fairly big studios on and off. And even then, it was it was still few and far between that I actually felt that kind of excitement and got me in business in the first place. Um, and I guess the things that stick in my mind um, were the most exciting was sort of when I was called in to help with a pit. So somebody was pitching to work with, um, like there was Guinness and, and Vodafone and, you know, quite big brands and stuff. And there was a real atmosphere and a real energy. Um, and that was quite exciting. And it was incredibly demanding work, though. You know, the, the full-time staff worked their ass off. Did you have to work as hard as they did as a freelancer? Yeah, it was kind of expected. That, you know, like my project manager came into the studio every now and then and said, oh, I hope none of you have got plans for the weekend. And it was just expected. <laughs> And I didn't mind because I got paid as a freelancer, as a contractor. So, you know, I was on an hourly rate um, and I got paid extra for doing overtime. All the poor staff who were just full-time didn't get paid any extra and they had to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed, it seemed that, that, kind of, that kind of phrase, like, um, I hope you haven't got any plans for the weekend, just to kind of like throw it out there amongst people. And you think, it seems outrageous, really, doesn't it? Kind of within okay. hindsight. Yeah. And it, and it obviously works because even the people I work with, you know, so not the managers or the directors or anything. I remember 
every now and then they'd say something like, like I'd, I'd sort of um, if you get some lunch or whatever. And I remember one guy once said to me, oh, eating is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, with contracts to work from six, you know, I'd, I'd get up to go home at five past six or whatever. And I'd get a sparky comment like, oh, half a day then. And like you say, that seems to become that's becomes like what work culture is like, isn't it? And from other people I've talked to, they say like you know the the more prestigious and the more kind of glamorous the the profession, the worse that is in a way, isn't it? Like yeah, I think so. And it seems it, it seems to be the way in London, particularly. Um, I think elsewhere it's not quite so hardcore, but in London it really seemed like you had to give your life over if you wanted to get anywhere. You just had to. So at that point, you were you were doing freelance contract work for for uh, design agencies. Um, yeah. Were you still working full time at that point? You were still like, you know, did you have any spare time for your music at that point, or was that still your all of the work that you did? Um, it varied. Like, like I, I tend to get a, when I was doing the work in London, I tend to get a contract for however long it might be. Could, could have been a few days. A few. The longest I think was seven months. Then they'd be when I wouldn't have a contract. And the beauty of it was, it, it was so well I could end work a month and then take a month off perfectly happily, not have to worry at all about money and spend that time making music, you know, in friends and family. And, well, and I also managed to save up for my masters in that time as well. So I sort of used the time to, um, yeah, like I say, binge work and, and save up chunks of money and book And did that did that work well for you? Like that kind of method of working, you know, actually working really full on for a while and then not working, or yeah, it worked really well. I loved it. Well, <laughs> and is that it. is that kind of what you do now as well? Do you work in the same way like now? It's more um, steady trickle now. I live in Edinburgh now, and there's not as much freelance work available up here, and there's certainly not the sort of um, contracting thing that you can do in London up here. Now um, I do a steadier trickle, you know, and and when I didn't have the work, it's more of a worry um, than it was. You know, I was I was commuting between Brighton and London before, which was hell. <laughs> Horrible. And, I, and it's cheap. The standard of living is cheaper up here. So it sort of all balances out, I suppose. Right. I don't have as much money as I did then, but that's fine. But even with like uh, sort of like not quite such well-paid freelance work now, is it? Are you, do you survive financially okay? Like with with doing your music your music work as well? Yeah, I do. I don't really get paid the music work. Every now and then I'll get a bit of money, but it's by no means enough to go on. But I having done the masters at the at Edinburgh College of Art, um, I then got some tutoring work. Um, in the design department um, and a, bit, a few other bits and bobs. Um, I'm doing that, and then I've got this sort of freelance web design and graphic design that I've always done. Um, and then I'm also building a music studio, which I'm going to be renting out. I suppose I've sort of added more strings to my bow. So, um, what would you say? What would you say nowadays? Um, your division of work between the work you do for money and the work you do, the music work you do because you love it. What? How many? What? How does your week divide out amongst those two things? 
Um, hard to say exactly because it varies so much. Because I will have periods where I have a lot of freelance work on, and then you know a lot of my week will be spent doing that. Um, but then I might have a week or two where that's not so um, blown, and you know I'll, I'll spend more time doing the music or, or getting the studio ready and stuff. But I'd say on average, it's probably about. You want it's probably about 50 50 to be honest. About 50 50, okay, yeah, yeah, so maybe I, slightly more, maybe 60 percent paid work, 40 percent, you know, stuff I do for passion and love of it. Is this what you see as sort of like how you want it to be, or would you like to earn all your money from making music? Yeah, that would be, I'd, I'd love that, but it's such a hard world to get into. Like, I know musicians I know up here who've been trying to do that for much longer than me struggled hugely and I feel lucky that I have the time work to fall back on you know I, I'm perfectly happy using that as my sort of bread and butter work um, because it pays well and I you know I'm, I'm, I'm used to doing it I've done it for so long um, and it means I don't have to struggle as much as some of the um, artists and musicians I know so what what would what would be a sort of um, ideal scenario for you as far as the music went? Like, because you say, you know, it's kind of a bit scary if you are earning money or from music because you don't know where it's where it's coming from. But can you see a sort of scenario that would happen to you that would be would be your idea of sort of like an absolute success of what you're doing? Um, in an ideal world, I'd like to make enough money to buy from gigging. In music like records or digital downloads or whatever it might be, um, commissions and art, that sort of thing. So, um, again, quite a sort of broad spectrum within sound and music, um, because I think that's where you've got to be these days. That would be ideal if I could get to the point where you know I'm sustaining myself through that. That would be brilliant. <laughs> and like you say, though, a very difficult thing to to achieve nowadays. Yeah. But, yeah. but you say, I mean, you you say you are earning some money from the music now. Anyway, it's not not that you're earning nothing. Yeah, every now and then, like I, sometimes I'll get a bit from a gig. Every now and again, a sort of slightly better pay gig will come along. Um, I've got a friend who has a, a successful book duo up here, and they paid me to remix one of their tracks recently, which was really interesting because basically it was sort of creative freedom. You know, they were up to me doing my thing, which is why they asked me. Um, and I would, you know, I'd have done it free, but they offered to pay. So that, that was really exciting. Was that a bit of a shock being offered? It really was, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they've been professional musicians forever, and they were like, well, of course we'll pay you. <laughs> you know, why should you do it for free? I'm like, oh, fair enough. That's great. I suppose when you're, when you're starting out on your, on your work that you're happy to do for free for a long while, it does take a bit of a, a change to get used to that, doesn't it? To suddenly think, oh, people do actually value the work that I do now, and suddenly to yeah. think, yeah, I, I should be, I should be asking for money for this because it is, it yeah. is very easy to do everything for free forever, really, isn't it? I think. Exactly, and that's sort of expected um, of artists and musicians and stuff. You know, you, you wouldn't ask a builder to build for an extension for free. <laughs> you, you know, you'd ask a, a musician to play for free. I, I suppose the idea, isn't it, that the reason why that happens is that um, 
people think artists are doing their work for the love of it in some ways and they would still be yeah. doing this regard and and maybe they don't view uh someone who builds an extension on your house in quite the same way they they wouldn't do that work for the love of it if um if they yeah. weren't being paid so there is a, i mean i'm not i'm not disagreeing people shouldn't be paid but i can see the different psychology of it in some ways yeah that's true and it, and it's and it's correct but i would be doing this if i wasn't getting paid i mean i don't get paid generally and i still do it so, you know yeah. it's absolutely true so so you said you're you're not earning quite as much money now as you were when um when you were working down in london doing contracts there because the, the work's not quite the same in edinburgh so do you, is there kind of like uh, changes you've had to make to your life sort of financially through now making music quite a big part of it than you have when you were, when you were working full time? I have done and it hasn't been too much of a struggle because I've generally lived, the period when I was contracting in London was a pretty short chunk of time, it was a couple of years, you know, on and off for a couple of years um, and before that I wasn't earning a huge amount and I lived pretty frugally. Um, and I found it pretty easy to go back to that way of living, to be honest. But I mean, because I do enjoy having a disposable income and not having to worry, you know, if, if someone says, oh, I'll meet you in London, we'll go out for dinner or something, it's just like, yeah, cool. And I, I, I did enjoy that. Um, but equally, uh, you know, you can still have fun and do stuff without spending loads of cash. I just being friends with a lot of artists and musicians Right, so having having poorer <laughs> friends is the answer, really, for that, as far as that goes. Yeah. 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 yeah so if you were to sort of meet your 18-year-old self again somehow through the, I don't know, through t- time travel or whatever, what would, you, what would you suggest to them to do in order to get to the place you are now? Would you, would you go about it any other way, or are you quite happy with sort of the way things have progressed for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a question. Um, Part of me would, part of me wants to say I'd suggest to my 18-year-old self that he pursues music um, from that early age, you know, in a more sort of uh, academic or professional capacity, um, because I sort of feel that I sort of picked that up as an extra career string, as it were, fairly late in life, you know, I'm not old by any means but it's still you know sometimes I feel I would have liked to have got there earlier I suppose but at the same time um, like I said the graphics and the web design is my work and it's great in that respect um, I think it's worked out alright to be honest with you so I'd probably I'd probably say to my senior year old self yeah, you're alright mate carry on <laughs> <laughs> you're way through and you'll, you'll be grand not that your eighteen-year-old self would have listened to your um, your older no. self anyway. <laughs> no, he's a freak. Well, that's uh, that's been great. Thanks for your uh, insight and thank you for talking to us. Yeah, no problem at all. You have been listening to the Career Realities podcast with me, Ethan Crane. More books, podcasts, and writing on the tyranny of careers and the joy of work, please see www.ethancrane.com. Thank you for listening.